0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Labor Day coming up this weekend. and taking off tomorrow. Nice day with the family. Uh, but a lot of people having their drafts sometime this weekend. So uh, it's been a lot of news over the past few days. Let's get right to it. All right, let's start with the big one, Leonard Fournette. Um, cut by the Jaguars, signed by the Bucks. Now, I wasn't in on Fournette uh, on the Bucks you know, it was, was going to be a bad offense, he was going to be an early down guy, um, and you know, with Jay Gruden coming in and Chris Thompson coming in, it wasn't looking good for him. They cut him, uh, he gets signed to the Bucks for a maximum one year deal of $4 million, uh, which isn't much, right? Um, Ronald Jones was the guy, right? In the morning, Bruce Arians, there was a report, Bruce Arians called him, you know, a th- no, well, they, they said that he was going to be a three down guy, right? Uh, and then in the afternoon, he was a early down guy, and then in the evening, they sign Leonard Fournette, and this morning, Bruce Arians calls Rojo uh, his guy. That nothing changes for him. Now, when you sign a guy like Leonard Fournette, you know that just means that you weren't completely satisfied with the running back situation that you had already, right? Similar to Andy Reid last year when he had Damian Williams, he wasn't satisfied so he signed LaShawn McCoy. I think Fournette has a lot more in the than LaShawn McCoy does. Um, so I do think that he's going to be involved, you know, whether he completely takes over the job or not, despite what Bruce Arians is saying. Now, I think Fournette's price is going to be higher. Um, you know, if you want to take a shot on Rojo because his price is going to plummet, sure. If you want to take Bruce Arians' word that Rojo is their starter, sure. But this can very well turn into a Peyton Barber-Rojo type of situation uh, that we had last season with Dario Gumbawale coming in on on third downs. This can turn into a three-way backfield. I'm personally avoiding this. I don't see the upside of either guy. Um, If anything, Fournette has the most upside as someone who can take over completely. um, But it might not happen either. So I'm avoiding. If you have Fournette, I would field offers, right? Um, I would see what people are willing to give up. And if they're giving up serious assets, I would take it. Um, now, on the other hand, you know, I would see what the person who has Fournette, what their feelings are. Whether they're like, oh shit, he's going to be in the time here, this and that. See what you can get for him. If you have a couple guys on your bench, you know what I mean? Like, you, what, you can take a shot. Um, and the upside of Fournette is basically him uh, being the main early down back with Rojo relegated to the bench. I don't think that's going to happen very soon, uh, but it can happen, right? Fournette was, uh, you know, was able to get it done with volume last season um and that can happen once again and this is a much better offense than he was on last year so consider that so Josh Gordon signing with the Seahawks he's working his way back uh to reinstatement uh good for him I hope it works out this time um so the the issue with that I have here is that you know this is a run heavy offense right um you want the targets to be uh very tightly distributed at the top Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf right that's what you want Uh, but when you introduce a guy like Josh Gordon, even if he only gets like five to six targets a game, maybe five, you know, you're kind of distributing that a little bit more than you want, right? And a run heavy offense, you're depending on the sufficiency and you're depending on Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf to get it done with every target. Um, so it's a little bit tough. So this kind of hurts them a little bit, but at the same time, will Josh Gordon be on that team the entire year? Right? Who knows, right? Uh, this could be another part-time play for him. Who knows? Um... So yeah, so, so we'll see how that works out. But at the same time, this isn't good when he's on the field. Damian Harris is dealing with a hand injury. He might be out for a few weeks. Um, Lamar Miller came off the pup. Sonny Michelle came off the pup. They still have James White, obviously. They still have Rex Burkhead. It's a little bit of a crowded backfield. But, you know, uh, Damian Harris was somebody that, you know, killed it in camp. He was like one of the MVPs of camp. Um, Did very well in the running game. Uh, He even caught some passes. He looked good in the passing game as well. So, you know, if he does, by the way, his upside is just being the early down guy uh, with James White being the passing down guy. Uh, But there are other you know, running backs on this offense, so a lot of them can get in the mix, so that's the, the part that, you know, uh, presents a little bit of downside, right, um, but, you know, that's those upside, are you still grabbing him, you know, ninth, tenth round, uh, where his ADP was, I don't know, at this point, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'll maybe pick him up a little bit later, but the key is that he might have to sit on your bench for a couple of weeks, and I'm not sure I'm willing to do that, uh, maybe I'll let somebody else drop him, draft him, drop him, maybe I'll pick him up, something like that. All right, so Amari Cooper is dealing with uh, some injury, right? He's been either a non-participant in practice or limited in practice over the past few practices, maybe four or five practices or so, um, dealing with an injury still today. Um, so you know, going into the season, I- I've been avoiding Cooper not because of the injury thing, but because of the fact that him his his ADP and Gallup's ADP was so far apart. But I don't think their production is going to be that far apart, uh, you know, as much as their ADP suggests. Um, you know, so if Murray is kind of banged up right obviously he plays through it he played through a lot of it last season as well um but you know cd lamb you know he's going to be relevant you know if amari cooper isn't 100 uh and michael gallup is somebody that i've been drafting in the seventh round in i don't know every one of my drafts maybe um so he's a guy that i'm definitely looking at so uh you know keep keep that in mind blake jarwin might even get a little bit of a bump you know if amari were, were to miss time but i'm avoiding amari at this point uh, there was a report today about Devin Singletary potentially losing his starting job because of his fumbling issues, um, and you know, we've been talking about this all offseason, or at least for the past month or month and a half, that Zach Moss is very uh, likely going to get a lot of work in this office, right? He could easily be the main guy on early downs, I mean, the main rusher, right? Um, he's He's been more efficient in the past than Devin Singletary was in college, and especially last season. Um, And then on top of that, he's going to be the goal line guy. So what is Evan Singletary going to do besides just being a compliment? On top of that, his fumbling issues, I'm drafting Zach Moss wherever I can. Hopefully I can get him around the ninth round, but his price has been increasing a little bit um, over the past week or so. Um, So, yeah, just keep that in mind. Uh, If you need some running back depth, you need somebody, you know, a, a later round guy who is going to potentially give you RB2 numbers, Zach Moss. Uh, Mike Williams has an, I think, an AC joint sprain. I point, I put my hand here. I have no idea where the AC joint is, but um, <laughs> but uh, he's gonna, he's probably gonna miss some time. The five targets that he would have got will likely be distributed somewhere between Keenan Allen, Eckler, and, and Hunter Henry. All right, so Joe Mixon got his bag. We don't have to worry about uh, him holding out this year, which is great. Um, a little bit more security in him overall opposed to someone like Leonard Fournette where everybody wanted to draft him but the team was constantly trying to get rid of him. Um, Anyway, I digress. Um, So Joe Mixon is, uh, you know, his role stays the same, right? He's not going to catch more passes because of this deal or anything like that. Um, You know, Giovanni Bernard is still there. Um, He has been coming in last year on third down situations. these passing down situations. He's going to still be involved, unfortunately. Now, if he gets hurt, Joe Mixon is going to be in every down back. So that upside is amazing, right? Because he's an amazing talent, and he's very, very, very capable, more than capable in the passing game. So I wish that he ran more routes. I wish that he caught more passes, but it is what it is. Maybe his max, you know, reception number is probably like around 40. That would be amazing with your Bernard healthy uh, throughout the year. All right, let's talk about Kamara. A little closer. There we go. Let's talk about Kamara real quick, right? Um, so initially, you know, Kamara was out of practice because he apparently got a um, – epidural in his back the only thing I know about epidural is when my wife gave birth to her two kids she got an epidural in her spine so when I heard that I was like dude is pregnant no I'm kidding it's such a bad joke um so anyway so Kamara um you know he might have some back issues right you know got people like Stefania Bell people like Dr. Evan Poras on Twitter fantasy, I think the fantasy doc please I hope that's right um you know guys like that was like you know this is a little bit of a bigger deal than we're all making this out to be he already has back issues he's getting this injection before the season kind of interesting and then guys like Ian Rappaport you know maybe sources sort of is from inside the organization you know who knows they're saying that you know it's not a big deal I don't know either way uh he doesn't have a deal yet so he, picking him is a, a little bit risky now I'm still gonna draft him at like you know I'll take Zeke over him right if I want to avoid risk um CEH maybe right Miles Sanders maybe but other than that that's about it you know like Kamara is somebody who you know you don't want to avoid that upside and if you're gonna draft him early you know just grab Latavius Murray a little bit later now Latavius Murray was the clear guy clear handcuff last season he was getting all the touches 90% snaps and all that he was the RB1 during the he was the RB1 during those two weeks that Kamara was out Uh, But they have Tom Montgomery now. Tom Montgomery's specialty is what? Catch and passes, right? And we know that, you know, uh, Sean Payton loves that pass catcher in his offense. So Tom Montgomery, and he flashed a little bit in camp, and he was working with pass catchers and all that. So it's possible that we see a little bit more of a one-two between Murray and Tom Montgomery if Kamara were to miss time, if he were to hold out, whatever the case may be, and Murray might not be the guy. You probably already heard that Tyrell Williams has been placed on season-ending IR. Um, So that just means that more targets to go around for these other guys. Henry Ruggs especially. I think this offense is going to... Passing offense is going to be... They're going to attempt to make it revolve around him. Um, So he gets a bump, right? Um, A guy like Brian Edwards gets a bump too. uh, Because it looks like these two guys are going to be having full-time roles... Why do that? Full-time roles on the outside, right? Um, Now... The way that uh, Henry Ruggs, you know, then John Gruden plays that Z position, you know, he might rotate into the slot a little bit, mostly on the outside, but that can happen. You know, you have, uh, obviously, don't forget about my boy, Darren, Darren Waller, right? He's still a mainstay of this offense. He killed it last year, more than 1,000 yards, and everyone's like, eh, Henry Ruggs. Um, but yeah, anyway, so him, and then you have Hunter Renfro, who's likely going to play the slot. So, a little bit more targets to spread around. Uh, Miles Sanders is now considered day to day. The report from Adam Kaplan, who's a little bit of an Eagles insider, uh, the, the report is that he has a minor hamstring strain um, and, and, and the Eagles fully expect Miles Sanders to be ready week one. Uh, so it seems like they're just kind of putting him in bubble rep not letting him do much, uh, want to get him fully prepared for week one. Hopefully he gets a couple practices in during that week, a couple full practices in that would mean the world. Uh, to what you know, to what we think of him going into week one, uh, but everyone knows that I'm high on Miles Sanders, including my league nits, uh, which is absolutely terrible. And I hate talking about Miles Sanders because they're going to fucking take him at the end of the first round. Anyway, um, yeah, so he'll be fine. Looks like it. I'm totally willing to take him as my RB1 or RB2 if I'm right at that 1-2 turn. 1-2 step. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, had, a, had a minor hamstring thing as well minor hamstring thing um <laughs> notice how I didn't do the minor thing with Miles Sanders because I'm all over him but with Carson Wentz I do this even though it's the same shit that's confirmation bias right there yeah. anyway um by the way if Carson Wentz were to get hurt right um Jalen Hurts like his rushing ability uh he's gonna have so much upside so like if Carson Wentz were to get hurt if you were to miss time you gotta hop all over Jalen Hurts just because of that possibility because he has uh, a lot of upside he might not have a shit ton of weapons, but neither does Carson Wentz. But then you add the rushing ability on top of it, um, it, it just presents a lot of upside. So just letting you know, if that were to happen, I would hop all over Jalen Hurts. Jalen Rager also has some sort of like weird uh, shoulder injury. It could be uh, a similar injury that you know uh, Tyrell Williams had, and that's his downside. They're not really telling us what the injury is exactly, um, but they're saying that he's kind of week-to-week now. He could, could miss a couple weeks of the regular season. Uh, so... He might be off my draft board just a little bit, unless his value is too good. The, the The problem is that you have to keep him on your bench for a few weeks, and who knows how long that's going to last, right? Are you comfortable starting him in week three when he's ready? I mean, or would you rather see another game, right? And if he doesn't get a lot of targets in that week three, then what? Are you going to keep him on your bench for week four? That's kind of issues that I. That, that's the issue that I have, which is why I would rather let someone else drop him, draft him, drop him, that sort of thing. Um, I should make a T shirt that says "Draft and Drop him." Wait till they draft and drop. Draft, draft and drop him. Um, so yeah so just keep that in mind Uh, I was high on Jalen Rager this year I still am but I just I want him to be healthy I just realized that I didn't talk about David Montgomery at all Um, I don't know how long has it been a week now early this week I don't know Um, but David Montgomery right he was uh, he had that groin injury he's gonna be out for a few weeks he's I did put a post about him. I did, I did. Um, but still want to mention that, you know, he's off my draft board at this point. I, I wasn't drafting him anyway. I uh, didn't think there was too many uh, pluses for him, right? Tariqo is still going to be a major part of that passing game. Uh, David Montgomery's going to get a huge volume, a uh, huge volume in the passing game. He will get a, a, a cumulative, you know, high uh, volume number on early downs. But that inconsistency that he had last year, there's nothing to suggest that that will change to being consistent. And on top of that, his offensive line did not improve. So for all those reasons, I'm out. What's going on, guys? So Adrian Peterson just got cut by the Redskins. That leaves Antonio Gibson, uh, Bryce Love, JP McKissick, and Peyton Barber. I'm making I'm making eggs over here for my girls this morning. Um, and I hate this, this news breaking. But uh, Antonio Gibson, obviously, if you're already drafted, he's probably owned in, in your leagues. Um, uh, the next available guy would be Bryce Love. He will be the next most intriguing ad for me um, just because you know he could potentially step into that early down role potentially get some passing work as well because we know that Norv and Scott Turner like to involve their running backs in the passing game Um, and Turner Gibson you know he hasn't really been a running back right in college but he's so athletic that you know he can be used in in multiple ways so um, you know Bryce you know you're kind of hoping that he will slide into that early down role Uh, if you're picking him up that's the hope Uh, but outside of that I'm not really too interested. J.D. McKissick, he looked good in camp, but, you know, he's a little bit more one-dimensional. What's up, guys? Uh, can, can I talk? All right. Uh, A.J. Peterson was talking to Josina Anderson and uh, said that this offense is pretty much tailored around Antonio Gibson, that he fits it. Very well. He mentioned him a couple times uh, in his statement to Josina Anderson, basically saying that he was surprised that he got cut, uh, but Antonio Gibson does fit the offense. So, you know, he's coming from inside. He's coming from that running back room. It seems like, you know, they have a lot of plans around Antonio Gibson this season. Um, So, if you have him, uh, you know, this is really good news for him, and you know, he should be, uh, you know, an option on everyone's uh, draft boards if you haven't drafted yet. Okay, so you just saw the, the tweets from Josena Anderson that I just posted. Notice the, where, where he said that they wanted one main guy to do it, and that's what they drafted Antonio Gibson for. Say that for what you will, but it seems to me that that's what they want to do. All right, back in my office. My wife got the kids. Um, uh, so let's talk about Scott Turner real quick. So Scott Turner was the offensive coordinator. Uh, well, North Turner, his dad was the offensive coordinator for, uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? And, uh, Scott Turner and, uh, Ron Rivera coming from Carolina to Washington, right? Um, and Norbert Turner is a guy who loves to use running backs, uh, workhorse running backs, right? And he involves them both in the run game and the pass game. Now, if you look at Christian McCaffrey's rookie year, right, he was, you know, more, he translated to that, you know, versatile running back, right? But his, he was, he, you know, it was a lot easier for him to be involved in the passing game right away. Uh, when he came into the league, he was only averaging seven carries per game his rookie year, uh, but he averaged five catches per game, a little bit more, a little bit more than seven targets. Per game, And he ended up with 80 receptions, and he ended up being the RB12 on the year. He was an RB1 PPR leagues. And the reason why I bring that up is because Antonio Gibson, you know, he had only 33 career rushing attempts in college, right? So um, for them to give him a, a huge workload on the ground probably isn't going to happen. But the point is that it doesn't need to happen in order for him to achieve fantasy success. Now, you know, you look at the weapons that Redskins have. I mean, who do they have outside of... They have Terry McLaurin. They have, you know, Steven Sims is probably going to ca- catch a little bit. Um, and that's it. You know, maybe a little bit to their tight end. Uh, but, you know, that's all they got, right? So, you know, you look at Antonio Gibson, somebody who can line up in the backfield, line up in the slot. Um, you know, he can have that sort of opportunity that Christian McCaffrey had. We'll see what he does with it. But that's the kind of opportunity that you want. And in PPR leagues, like you know it's hard not to finish as an RB2 um, you know if you do what you what what he's able to do with those touches